What is going on? It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had the amazing opportunity to speak with Jason and Sasha of Guns and Toilet Paper, which is stylized as GXTP over Zoom video. We've actually had Jason Paul on the podcast before. You might know him as Pooh Bear, so you can check out that interview, get Pooh Bear's whole backstory. But in this band, he is Jason Paul. We had Jason Paul on and Sasha to talk about how they got into music. Sasha was born and raised in New Mexico, ended up moving to Los Angeles at 17. And then when he moved to Las Vegas, that is when he met Jason and they worked together on numerous projects. They have both written multiple Grammy-nominated songs for some of the biggest artists in the world. And like I said, if you want to get Jason's backstory, it's all up on the Pooh Bear interview. But it was really cool to hear Jason and Sasha kind of talk about how they met and early projects they worked on and how this whole guns and toilet paper project came together. It actually came through a poem that Triple Six wrote, and they took that poem and created this amazing rock song which sparked the idea for let's do a whole rock album. So we hear all about the guns and toilet paper album. They just released called smoke and mirrors. We talk about the song contraband. It has Tommy Lee on it. And the music video is hilarious. Tommy Lee's even in the music video. Uh, So we talk about that song as well and the upcoming singles and really the future of this project. You can watch the interview with Jason and Sasha on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be amazing if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it would be amazing if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with guns and toilet paper. Hello there, friends. It is Adam from Bringing It Backwards, and I want to talk to you about Factor. Factor is an incredible ready-to-eat meal delivery service. The food is absolutely delicious. You can get started on those New Year's resolutions with Factor. Factor's ready-to-eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success in the new year. Skip the grocery stores, the prep work, and cooking fatigue. Instead, get chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. With over 35 meals to choose from per week, including options like keto, calorie smart, vegan veggie, and more, plus over 55 weekly add-ons, You'll have a ton of nutritious and flavorful options to kickstart your resolutions. You can forget about the frantic lunch preps and rush dinners. Factor's two-minute meals are your secret weapon in the new year. Fuel up fast with restaurant-quality meals, all delivered right to your doorstep, which I absolutely love. I love knowing what's coming. I don't have to go to the grocery store. I don't have to prep the meal. That takes another 30 minutes. Just pop it in the microwave, done in two minutes. Factor now offers loads of snack options as well, like breakfast, smoothies, juices, snacks, and more to keep you going no matter what's on the schedule. What's huge about Factor for me is I always find myself in the drive-through line. We have two kids. 
when they're hungry, they don't want to wait for me to sit down and uh, make something 30, 40 minutes later, they got dinner. With Factor, I don't have to stop at the drive-thru. Factor is cheaper and way more delicious than takeout. My kids agree. They love Factor over me stopping at you know one of the numerous fast food restaurants right around the area. They're ready to heat and eat in just two minutes, which means more time for you. Need a special occasion meal? Gourmet Plus is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily as well. When things get hectic, which is a lot <laughs> over at my house with a 15-year-old and a 7-year-old, especially this past week where we've all been stuck inside due to the massive amount of snow we've had here in Middle Tennessee. I love Factor because it's flexible. You can change your order up every single week with plans from 4 to 18 meals per week. You can also pause or reschedule your delivery anytime. Stress less over mealtime in this new year. Factors, no prep, no mess meals. Free up that time you used to spend shopping and cooking and cleaning up. No more wasting time in the kitchen. Not only does Factor offer fast, simple solutions when I'm way too busy to cook, they also help me stay on top of my goals. With offerings like Protein Plus and Keto, I can stay on track this is definitely going to come in handy massively for me in the new year, trying to you know eat more protein, cut down on some of the calories. Factor has me covered. Factor has everything I need for a week of flavorful, nutritious eats. In addition to ready-to-eat meals, they have cold-pressed juices, which I love, smoothies, energy bites, extra protein, veggie sides, and more to keep me energized during those frantic times. And for you Bringing It Backwards listeners, We've got a deal for you. Head to factormeals.com slash BibTV50. That's B-I-B-T-V-50. And use the code B-I-B-T-V-50 and get 50% off. That's code B-I-B-T-V-50 at factormeals.com slash B-I-B-T-V-50 to get 50% off. B-I-B-T-V-50 and get 50% off at factormeals.com slash B-I-B TV 50. I'm excited. I'm really excited. I love this project. I was listening to the album uh, earlier. Um, is, you listen, you listen to it. You skip through it. You, um, how does it make you feel? I, I was not expecting it to be honest. And I'm like, damn, this is really good. <laughs> like just knowing your work and uh, Sasha's work. And then I was like, Oh, okay. And I clicked it. I was like, damn, like this is really, really good. So I, I really like it. Uh, Thanks, man. We we tried, we wanted to put it, put our all into it, man, even though it's a, a genre that I've never um, tackled before. So it was fun, man. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. You guys Sasha. did a hell of a job. Thank you. What's up, Sasha? What's going on? Sorry hey, for my target. Oh, no, no worries. I mean, it's only 203. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> yeah, not too bad. <laughs> uh, well, I'm Adam. Very nice to meet you both. Thank you so much again yeah, for doing this i've had jason on before and uh i'm yeah. excited to chat with him about this project because this is totally different than uh the work that i had heard from him before <laughs> it's, it's a little bit different yeah well it's a it's a pleasure to meet you and I'm happy to be here awesome thanks yeah. Oscar, as well um well i'll just do a quick you know uh background story on both of you james we've had you on so we can speed through yours a little bit quicker and maybe Sasha as well. And then I want to hear about how you guys met. And then obviously I want to hear all about this project because it's, it's really awesome and it's really 
interesting that you both have you know put this rock record out <laughs> to be honest <laughs> um yeah, yeah. cool it well, was sasha where are you from originally i'm from albuquerque new mexico oh okay we were born and raised there yeah born and raised in albuquerque um in the south valley and then i moved to los angeles when i was 17 and went to musicians institute for percussion mm -hmm. and uh vegas after that did you uh, go in you're a drummer is that like the first instrument you learned Actually, the first instrument I learned was guitar, but drums was like, I, I moved there with my band and I was the oh. drummer in the band. So I had been like playing guitar a little bit longer, but we all went for our respective instruments. And so I went sure. for drums. But I mean, drums and rhythm, like all that, it's at the core of, of everything, you know? So mm -hmm. even though at this point, like actually playing a drum set is like the least of what I do in my career. Like, I'm really glad that I studied it the way that I did because it definitely changed my perspective on on music in general. Yeah. Do you come from a musical family, musical house a little bit? Not like a musical family, yes, but not uh, like a performing family. Nobody else in my family had uh, played instruments or were singers or anything like that. But my mom was constantly playing music when I was growing up. Okay. And like, at what age did you pick up the guitar? Six. Wow. That's really young. Yeah. Yep. I got a picture of me with my first guitar with like a bowl cut. <laughs> it's like this tiny guitar, but on me, it looks full size. But if you saw me holding it right now, it'd be like the size of my arm. Okay. Do you still have the guitar? Do you save it or no? I wish. No, nah, too many, uh, too many things like that kind of just, you know, Lost. disappear. Yeah. <laughs> like it's hard to keep something from so long. <laughs> why, why did you want to play guitar? Was it, did you see someone playing it or just something that you were interested in? Um, my older brother was like in a band for a little while before we started ours. And then I was really into like Nirvana and Green Day mm -hmm. and that got me started and kind of just took it from there. Awesome. And then you were in a band and that took you to, to LA? Yep. I was in a band from nine years old till about wow. 19. The yeah. same guys? No. Yeah. It was me and my brother and one of our friends. No way. And, uh, yeah, we had we went through a lot of different iterations of it. It was like, you know, like alternative shit. And at one point it was a metal band and then kind of started to get a little more, I guess you could say, mainstream to where we realized that like metal music wasn't really like uh, being all that successful. <laughs> <laughs> and, so uh, all what moved to L.A.? Was there like was the band doing well? And it was like, all right, we should go to L.A. and like make this uh, a thing. Well, doing well is relative. I, I'm not really like we, we were we were um, throwing our own shows in Albuquerque and like that was going really well. And we just figured it was the next step. But no, it wasn't like gaining any kind of success, you could say. And it all kind of it started to fall apart. Like we were looking for a singer for years and we couldn't find one. So that's when I decided to start singing. And then it kind of all started to fall apart from there and i started making different types of music and producing and writing and uh it was kind of the perfect time for when i met jason who had already you know had uh, a lot of success and been a, an experienced songwriter for a long time and it was for me like the perfect time for us to come together because of what well the, the turns that i was taking as far as like stylistic approaches and all that and what i was trying to do and i learned so much from him when we met and continue to and uh so it was it was crazy it was really like divine timing yeah wow and uh jason you're from connecticut is that 
from what yeah, I remember. New Haven, New Haven, Connecticut. I like to be or make that clear. When I sometimes when I say I'm from Connecticut, people think I I grew up like from like a rich background. Connecticut is known to be really like you know expensive. Yeah. New, Haven, <laughs> New Haven was one of the poorest cities in America. I'm from New Haven, and um, I did not grow up uh, rich at all. So I just wanted somebody said it to me the other day. It's like, oh, you grew up rich. I'm like, nah, we were homeless and oh, we were no. we struggled in New Haven. So yeah. Not not, you, um, not you moved to Atlanta five. or something or at one point. Yeah, no, okay. I moved to Atlanta when I turned um we turned I turned 10 years old and 11, 10, 11, we moved to Atlanta, and that's where I was raised in College Park, Georgia. Okay, and that's where you really started to songwrite, right? I remember you had like a big you, you had like a first hit right out there and when you were in that yeah, yeah, Georgia. Was, 16, yep. We have 11th grade with a group called 112. First, uh, first successful song. So that's so wild. I mean, to be that young and have something like that happen, it's like, okay, I know what I needed doing in life. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I, I was writing, I was like Sasha, like I was writing, like I started writing when I was like 11, 12. Yeah, had a head start on me, but I was like 11, 12, engineering, writing, producing, like putting, like putting like groups together in my neighborhood. So, Got a head start, man. So by the time, you know, we, I knew I knew what I wanted to do for sure. I just had mm. to go to school. I had to go to school for my mom, but I knew I wanted <laughs> to, you know, write songs and be in the music business. Yeah. Did you, what, when did you move to Los Angeles? I can't remember. I, I moved to Los Angeles in 2013. Okay. Yeah. Cause you were, you spent a lot of time in Atlanta, right? When you first started writing. Yeah. Or not even I, when I, you first, yeah, when you were uh, doing, working with these big artists, you were still in Atlanta, right? I was in Atlanta until 2020, um, until 2004, and then I moved to Miami, and that's when I, oh, you know, worked okay. with stores. That's where it was, Miami, okay. And then after Miami, it was like LA for like a month and in Vegas, and that's when I met Sasha in Nevada, in Las Vegas. Oh, okay, so you both, what took you to Las Vegas then? For me, it was just, I, at that part of my life, I had went through getting taken advantage of in my in my business. So I was starting over and LA was just a little bit too expensive for me, honestly, at that time, you know. So Vegas was just a, a 30 minute flight away. So when I needed yeah. to work with artists, I could hop on a flight. And it was just extremely um, more realistic for me to live in Vegas, you know, while I was um, building myself back up and, and getting my life together. Okay. And were you working in a studio? Like how did, how did Sasha yeah. and you guys meet yeah. up? Uh, working in a studio, um, studio was really uh, called Future Music um, in Nevada. It was a compound that we were working at. And, you know, we actually needed an engineer, strange enough, man. And um, so we, you know, we found Sasha on Craigslist, strange enough, as an engineer. Oh, wow. <laughs> and uh, it was an amazing life for me. It was like, you know, we worked and um, we got our, our chemistry was so great. Um, I always knew he did more than engineer. It was just a matter of time before he started to reveal his talents. And then um, he started bringing out the guitar and the drums. And then we started actually making songs together, you know, for his project, actually, you know. And um, we just, you know, uh, once I, I saw that, I already knew it was just, it wasn't going to be that long before he wasn't engineering anymore. So it was like, <laughs> I just Slowly trying to find a new engineer because Sasha was evolving into what you know the artist that he was supposed to be anyway that he was already before engineering. So, so wow. yeah, yeah. What's Sasha? Then what took you out to to Vegas? Um, crazy enough, like I was really only visiting. I was supposed to be there for like a week or two, 
And um, my brother had moved out there and I was kind of just bouncing around LA and like not really working very much. And uh, I went to go visit my brother and looked on Craigslist to like see what was going on. And, uh, you know, cause it was 2010. So people were still using Craigslist. <laughs> maybe, maybe they still are, I don't really know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, yeah, me and Jason linked up and like you said, like the chemistry was, was clear. And, uh, and then my two week trip turned into me living there for like four and a half years. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so you, so once you started working there, you were engineering what other, you guys were recording other bands and stuff or other artists at the time. Yeah. Um, we, I mean, definitely we were kind of just making music. Like you said, we were, we started working on my project and then other things too. But then one of the first things we did was a, a yellow wolf album. Yeah, that's oh. right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Radioactive album. Yep. Yeah. Wow. I remember that record came out actually. Oh uh, yeah. 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 He played, I was when I worked on the radio and he played like one of our shows and he had like this ca- front of a Cadillac like it looked yeah. like the front of a Cadillac and he came out and he yeah. had a DJ on it. It was, it was really rad. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that, that, was, that was with Kid. No, that was with Kid Rock, the first single. Called oh, Let's wow. yeah. That's awesome. And so you guys were working, you had already been working. So you were, uh, Jason, you must have still had the same, you know, and you had so many big hits already at that point. Were you just get bring people in to, to Vegas where you were at? And then yes, and, and they, they wanted to come. They wanted to come anyway, man. It's Las Vegas, so it was like the perfect. <laughs> it wasn't a hard sell. <laughs> yeah, like, like now in Miami is similar, but it's like the perfect excuse to like come to Vegas to party. But we just like I had turned Vegas into something totally different. Like I was, I never gambled. I was never into that lifestyle. So I would trick people into coming to work with me and like, hey, yeah, you guys could go out, but ultimately. I just wanted to turn Vegas into a city where you came and party and you can also get records and get hit records at the same time. And um, so we started doing a lot of songs with a lot of artists. And it, like I said, it wasn't like a hard sell getting them to come to Vegas. So yeah, it turned out, turned out pretty cool. For you, Sasha, I mean, going on Craigslist and then finding out that the person that's looking for an engineer is, is Jason, who's done all these hit records. Was that, that must've been, I mean, yeah, that's pretty I mean, amazing, right? Were you like, wait, what is it? This is real. <laughs> like, it, was, it was wild. It was wild. But it was also kind of convoluted. Like he didn't have an ad out. You know, uh, it was somebody else that was looking for an engineer, and I answered yeah. her ad, and then she took me to the studio where Jason was working. So uh, there was like, you know, the Audibles were there, who are great friends, amazing producers, and DJ from the Audibles is an engineer also, but kind of like me, like it was more of a like recording the things he liked to work on and a means to an end type thing. So like they were getting by, you know, and uh, I don't imagine you guys would have put an ad out on Craigslist, but (laughs) that's what I was wondering. I'm like, right. I don't even know how to use Craigslist. Yeah, right. Exactly. So so I want to put an ad out though. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I want to make that clear. So, uh, but but you know, but it uh, indirectly came through Craigslist and, uh, yeah, it was funny because the the singer I was working with when I, after I worked with her, she's like, "Oh wow, like you can really, you know, you can really work. This is crazy. Like as soon as you meet Jason, like he's gonna steal you away, and we're never gonna work together again." And I was like, "No, that's not what's gonna happen." That's <laughs> <laughs> exactly what happened. Oh, that's- <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Definitely. So, have you both been working then together uh, 
for you know over 10 obviously 10 years plus now at this point um yeah. and how long were you in vegas together working out of that studio um well i know i was there for about four and a half years and then at a certain point that's um when when we met justin and when uh Pooh started when jason started working on the justin albums and like we did a little bit of that together but um but really you know the the connection between the two of them blossomed and uh mm-hmm. jason kind of went to la and went to well shit, yeah. all over the world at that point <laughs> yeah. yeah started working on that project and um i was still in vegas for a little while after that and then i went to la and that's where we kind of reconnected i mean we were always like still connected but that was a lot of work for jason to go to go and do purpose you know right? yeah like that damn near that whole album and um and all of that was was a lot of work so it took his you know his attention and his uh geographical location away for a little while uh yeah. we kind of reconvened in la after a bit and uh you know and yeah i've been, been working ever since awesome. yeah and when do you all start this project because this i mean just looking at the the discography of of songs uh that you have all worked on and well now hearing that sasha you had like a metal rock and roll kind of background in the beginning like what sparks this project and like when i saw that the names of who was in this band and then i played the record i was like whoa this doesn't sound like this was not what i was expecting (laughs) (laughs) and it's awesome not that that's a bad thing whatsoever i think it's an awesome album uh but what you know how did this all how did this project come together um well it's it's interesting that you uh had had the like jason you were already on talking about the book and the bill right yeah yeah a year ago so i yeah we had the conversation and then talked about all the stuff that jason had worked on prior so i'm looking at his discography and then i'm hearing the song i was like damn like this is really cool but it didn't sound like well it had a genesis from the same place where um our our good brother Nabil uh, was uh, writing this poetry that we were turning songs into. And that's what happened with the, the book of Nabil. I worked on that as well with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, then a poem kind of uh, came to us from him called Guns and Toilet Paper. And we were like, this really feels like a rock song. And uh, it all happened really naturally. Uh, we were in France working and we started turning it into a rock song and Jason sang half of it. And then at one point it was like, uh, here, like, you know, you sing the next part. And so I sang the next part and it became this thing where we were, uh, we kind of like co singers on, on it. And, uh, and then the song came out really great. And we decided that, uh, it should probably be a band too. We're like, this sounds like something we should kind of pursue. And uh, then it became a band from a poem to a song, from a song to a band. What year did you all start the, the the project? I mean, Guns and Toilet Paper, I'm assuming, has like pandemic-y undertones to it. Was it around that same time or no? It was maybe like two years ago. Okay. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was definitely uh, p- pandemic aftermath. Okay. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because the guy, the title Guns and Toilet Paper came from everybody in America just buying all the guns and toilet paper for some weird reason. <laughs> when the when the virus hit everybody wanted more guns and toilet paper so it was weird so our you know our, our partner wrote that poem based on 
America's activity in the, um, the gun stores and the, and the toilet paper stores. <laughs> so yes, that was, it definitely came from the past. I don't know if that pandemic didn't happen. I don't know if we would have a ban. I'm gonna be honest, just because literally it came from the pandemic, from guns and toilet paper being like the top sellers. So we, we thank the pandemic actually for, you know, ushering, ushering in guns and toilet paper. <laughs> that is interesting that the, the whole toilet paper thing is still blows my mind because it's like there's so many other uh things you can swap it out with <laughs> if it really came down to it right i <laughs> know like, why was toilet paper that necessary i don't know um, no like, did they have the guns while they were sitting on the toilet you know what I'm saying? <laughs> protecting the toilet, toilet paper with the guns yeah yeah <laughs> Like a lot of the world doesn't even use toilet paper and they're doing fine. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they, they themselves. Yep. Oh, that's funny. So it started with guns and toilet paper. And then the rest of the songs on the album, uh, were those all, did you all just start writing those together then? Like, okay, it came out of a poem, but then how do you then start writing the other eight, eight songs on the album? Yeah. The other songs actually, you know, um, beautifully enough came from triple six poems that we were able to just, you know, look at and be like, wow, that's good. That would be perfect for the rock album. And then we kind of got into rock mode after we did Guns and Toilet Paper. But um, there were definitely poems that came from triple six um, that um, we were kind of like just turning turn them into rock records and making big hooks and just making being brutally honest with ourselves and making music that we you know, that we really loved, you know, we weren't just doing it for, for fun. We really wanted to, I know I wanted to be able to impress ourselves with doing a genre that I had never been a part of before. So, you know, shout out to to triple six for, for those amazing poems and all those words that I never knew existed. Um, yeah. Amazing. I, we learned so many words, bro. It's like going to college yeah. where triple six like <laughs> so, vocabulary is like a, on a whole nother level. Um, so yeah, man, we, we, you know, us together with, with his poetry and our melodies and music, you know, we just put together this, this rock album that I know I'm extremely proud of. Yeah. And the, you have great features on there. I want to talk to you about those in a minute, but like with, with his poems, did he say, okay, here's some ones I want to show you all, or did you get to sift through stuff that you had been working on and were like, oh, this would be a, you could hear like, oh, this would be a cool, like rock song. This would fit in what we're trying to do. A little bit of both, a little bit of both. Um, I mean, he like his uh, favorite music is rock music. So I feel like a lot of his poems were kind of like bent that way a little bit anyway. Mm -hmm. um, but, but yeah, I mean, once we decided to do it, like uh, the ball just kind of kept rolling from there. Like we we did the majority of the writing after that in a week session that we got together and did in Geneva. And mm -hmm. uh, we did pretty much like all of the vocals and most of the guitar uh, in that week for the album. And yep. then from there on, it kind of progressed. We, uh, we had to finish the production and I had to kind of play the rest of the instruments and kind of develop it from there. So that took a little more time. And then like you mentioned, the features started to come around and we had Tommy Lee become part of one of the songs. We sent him a few songs and he picked contraband and, we got him on it and that it kind of just kept becoming a little bit more involved and more serious. And we, uh, we were in a way like on a ride ourselves, like we were controlling it, but it was also its own like monster at that point. <laughs> yeah, no, 
Oh, wow. Yeah. So getting Tommy Lee. So you sent him what some a handful of the songs that you had already done. And he's like, okay, I want to do this one. Yeah. And then he what came in and tracked the drums just for that, that record. Yeah. Yep. We went to a record plant in LA and uh, he wanted the drum doctor and ginger beer were like his two requests. <laughs> 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 oh, wow. Had you had either of you worked with him before? Never. No, it was uh, amazing. Um, I, I love. I never. I never would have thought in a million years that we would have. I would have a record with with with, with you know a legend like Tommy Lee. So shout out right. Tommy, man, believing in us. To yeah, put his name, co-sign it. You know. Were there so, other people in that rock world that you had reached out to, or was it like what made you guys think? Oh, let's send it to Tommy Lee. Um, there were other people that we thought of, but uh, he like happened to be somebody that we were able to to get in touch with relatively easily, and was of course at the top of the list. I mean, Tommy Lee, one of the biggest rock stars of all time, like right. you know, <laughs> the tone for it. And we, and then you know, at that point, like we didn't want to overdo it, so there's like a lot of you know rock, like obvious rock names that you could kind of throw in the mix and and just kind of slap on a song but like that one seemed really appropriate and not only because of his style and like what he brought to the song but like his uh his attitude and his demeanor like really uh lines up with ours we're kind of all just big little kids in a way and uh that's very evident in the video that we made for the song contraband which is like hilarious oh yeah ever yeah it's amazing i was gonna ask you about that because obviously not only did he co-sign being like okay this is a cool song i'll I'll play drums on it but he's like in the video with you all like it was like no i really want to go in and it was like yeah tell me about the video for people haven't seen it because it's i i watched it and it's uh it's really funny how how it's like the tropic thunder type but toilet papers everywhere and uh yeah talk to me about the concept behind it and everything um, the, so it was like you said. It was, I'm, I'm glad you were able to call that out. It's a parody of Tropic Thunder, um, which was um, it was just fun. It's one of our. One, I know it's one of my favorite um, comedies. Very well written, and it was just fun, man. We wanted to do something, you know, um, just fun and young and not so serious and uptight. Um, you know, Tommy stayed. He came to the video. He was there with us. God, probably twelve hours, man. You know, and he. You know, in my mind, I thought he was going to come do his parts and then break out and lead. And he wrote it out with us to the very end of the shoot. And um, it was, um, it, you know, thank God we were able to bring it to light. The the, um, the actual parody of, of Tropic Thunder, where you were able to now be able to identify with that. Because that was something that I want, we wanted to make sure people could resonate with it. And um, so, it's you know, it, it turned out really good. The directors did a really great job. Um and I feel like it's, you know, for, for us, it, it kind of set the tone for our project visually, mm-hmm. you know, to for our um for our next videos after that. So it's really good, man. It's really great fun and um just nothing serious. And um, you know, I just feel like everybody came together for I think everybody pulled off, you know, the the actual job of, of accomplishing a, a great parody of Tropic Thunder and everybody that was involved. Yeah, it's a great video. I, um I was going to say, like, with this, you did an album. I mean, it's doing really, really well. People are are obviously loving it. And it sounds like you're going to do more music videos with it. Is it a project that you will continue? Like, is this something you would, guys would want to go out and play live? Or I know you did, like, an album release. But 
like a live show for it or continue writing what would become like another album or like what's the like what's the idea here with this, with this thing because it's awesome uh definitely you know some more live shows that's been fun um you know i think like a radio tour uh is definitely in the future at some point here and uh we do have another video coming out soon in a single called lust and purity that should be out right, that's friday right yeah, on the sixteenth, yep. right? Yeah. Oh yep. wow! Well, then, yep. yeah. this will be out after that's that's out. Do you mind telling us about the video and stuff? That one is a lot of fun too. <laughs> <laughs> we, we kept it going with that. Uh, that video became kind of like uh, us as our own like action figures, and we like stayed a little bit in the characters from the from the contraband video where it was like quasi military type stuff so we're like these action figures that like uh get uh you zoom into our our world where we're like in this toy chest and it becomes like this big battle and uh it, we got david arquette in the video and no yeah it's just it's kind of <laughs> uh, it's a little over the top but it's a lot of fun and the, the song is great i love less impurity it's definitely like one of my favorite songs on the album that's awesome and then you uh so that's the next single coming out this Friday and then possibly doing some shows. You said radio shows. Mm hmm. Yep. Some like a radio tour and uh, some pop ups. And we got like uh, some cool merch coming out that I'm excited about. And um, yeah, and we're kind of and as far as another album, like we have some songs that we already have that uh, that didn't make it onto this album. Uh, and we we're kind of always making new stuff uh, as far as when that one will be or when it'll come out. I think it's kind of a lot like the whole project has been so far where it's like, we're just letting it happen naturally and yeah. uh, having fun with it. And we'll see what the people think about it and what the appetite for more is and kind of take it from there. That's awesome. And Sasha, have you worked on a lot of rock albums like in, in your career or not? No, like, um, you know, like I said, I grew up making rock, so it was kind of yeah. like bringing the past into what I'm doing now type thing. That was a lot of fun. And then oddly enough, in the same year that we started this, I did work on um, uh, a different rock project, which actually Jason had worked on, too. That's how I got connected with them. It's a Japanese rock band called One OK Rock. Okay. And uh, yeah, Jason had did a song with them like a couple of years prior. And then uh, I worked on their new album that came out last year too i think or maybe it was this year but yeah so that was fun kind of a strange like coincidence that i hadn't really done much rock since i was a kid and then all of a sudden in the same year it was like two different projects so it was cool yeah and i was gonna ask you the same thing uh jason have you done a lot of rock records since then or is it something you I, want to take on more <laughs> i you know what i haven't um this was my first rock project and I love, I love it. I just love being brutally honest and making music that I genuinely love, you know, um, very brutally honest with, with our creations. So I would definitely do more. Um, I just want to make sure that we, you know, we conquer as many genres as possible. I just feel like as artists, you know, we just get locked into like one, like one box. And it's just really cool to be able to, to do a pop album, to do a rock album, to do a reggae album, to do all these different genres and just be able to express ourselves musically, melodically, you know, through these different genres. Um, very fun. Probably, 
I just love doing stuff out of my, I can't say out of my comfort zone, but just I love working on unpredictable and unexpected projects. You know, I don't think anybody expected me or Sasha to be in a rock band called Guns and Toilet Paper and actually <laughs> yeah, definitely and not. De- actually deliver and put out music and music videos and actually like, you know, you know, a lot of people say a lot of stuff and I've I've promoted projects that I've never finished, you know, that I'm not proud of. So this is one of those projects that, you know, we actually saw it all the way through and we can't wait to to do some radio shows and perform for the people who care to see us. Yeah. yeah, I think you guys did it. I mean, the album, like I keep saying, is so good. Like, like I just man. wasn't what I was expecting. I was like, like, yeah. No, <laughs> you kind of probably would expect like, like more pop music or like you can't. Yeah, really, you can't, yeah, yeah. I thought it was gonna be like maybe have a like some rock to to it and have you know be right, right, like more pop right. on the right. pop side. And I'm like. No, this is like a straight, like active rock album. <laughs> it was yeah. not what I was. Yeah. We it went was way more rock than I was expecting. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we definitely took it there. Probably us too. It was probably more rock than we were even expecting. But you know, it, yeah, it worked it's out. Not more rock. Yeah, yeah, you guys yeah. crushed it. So, um, I appreciate both of you. You know, taking time to to chat with me today, I really, really appreciate it. And oh, great man. to see you again, Jason and Sasha. Thank so you, nice man. to meet you. My um, thank you. I have one more question. Uh, I already asked you this last time, Jason, but I'm going to ask you again, and I'm going to see if I can get an answer okay. from you as well, Sasha. If you if you have any advice for aspiring artists, definitely. I mean, uh, I think that as cliche as it can sound, like the best advice I could give is to just not stop. You know, it's just one of those things where you know, as long as you love it enough to to do it for a while without a whole lot of um return you know but to keep progressing and putting work in in and and uh developing your craft you know it might take a lot longer than you think or it might happen tomorrow but it's like you're you're never gonna know if you stop you know so you just you just have to keep going love it yeah and my, my my answer remains just be brutally honest with yourself and don't you know don't get to drinking. Don't drink your own Kool-Aid. Like really, you know, be able to take constructive criticism and don't feel like everything you do is amazing. You know, get people's opinions outside of the music industry who aren't going to just critique and break stuff down and just be yeah. honest. You know, and that, you know, for me, the honesty was is the only way to grow and to become great and get better is by saying, you know what? I suck right now. Let me work on building myself up. So be brutally honest with yourself, you know, and that's, that's still a mistake to that one. Uh, That's that's amazing. Yep. Uh, Honesty. And then of course, surround yourself with, with good people that inspire you and will will also be honest with you, you know? Yeah. And hopefully that are better than you so you can learn from them as well and grow and always have, you know, set the bar, set the standard, you know, don't, don't accept anything, man. Always care about the, the, the value of the music and, um, Listen to listen to what's going on, man. You know, and not to so much that you copy it, but it's when you're making music, it's not so left field that it, it you know, it's outcasted and it goes over people's heads. So, you know, that's a, that's another note. Um, and just you know, learn, man. Be willing to fail. You gotta fail. You gotta, you know, you just gotta fail, man. You gotta fail in order to grow. So, yeah, yeah. I love it, love it. Thank you both so much. I really, really, really appreciate it. 
Thank you. Thank you for interviewing us, man. Of course. Oh, we one, from now, we do one more, and it'll be a whole nother, you know what I'm saying? A whole nother genre. Oh, no, year. I can't wait. I mean, I know. I was going to say, we better, we're going to set that up. <laughs> yeah, our, our, EDM group, our EDM group is next. So I love it. <laughs>